With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another 100 meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. The English County Championship round one is in the books and today we're going to break down all the latest news, contract signing injuries and what exactly happened on the field in the blockbuster contest between Stuart Broad and Captain Joe Root. I'm Rob One Half of Lead Nation Cricket, joined by the co-host of the show, Rich. Hey Rob, what's going on? I'm doing good, my friend. Yourself? I'm very well, Rob. Very well. Excited by the prospect of the Wisdom Cricketers of the Year, Rob. I know. It kind of feels we need to start with Wisdom Cricketer of the Year. We've got all this great county championship stuff to go through. But the Wisdom Cricket of the Year and those people that kind of fall into those categories, we've had a little bit of a rant about this offline, mate. So I think it's something <laughs> we should get off the marks with. So what exactly has gone on? Well, they Wisdom have come out in their wisdom Ooh. and they've announced their five Cricketers of the Year. And it's really good because it's like a bit of a participation trophy. It's like, <laughs> really good, but everyone that's won it once aren't allowed to win it anymore. So let's find some new people every year. And I like Wisdom. I well, actually love Wisdom. I like Cricketers and I like the year. So Wisdom Cricketers of the Year is something that I like <laughs> as a combination. But it's just a bit, bit wet, isn't it, really? It's a bit, I'm not sure about it. Um, but those who have won, we're going to rejoice in their abilities and their achievements, Rob. Um, and yeah, it's all good. It's cricket. So it's, it's harmless, isn't it? it? It is. So who picked up the award this year? So the five, Rob, not just one. There's not one award. There's five. Oh, so we've crikey. got the five cricketers of the year for 2018. And it's basically their contributions and their, what they did and their achievements over the summer, the 2018 English summer. So... Sam Curran, first off, he's he's one of them. 20-year-old, he's the youngest player to win Wisdom Cricket of the Year, Rob, since a gentleman called Jack Crawford, who was 19 back in 1907. I know him he well. He was younger than Curran. <laughs> and I also like the fact that in 1918 and 1919, schoolboy cricketers were honoured after the end of the World War, World War One. That's the only other time uh, when uh, anything like this has happened. So good on you, Sam Curran. He did blooming well last year. Rory Burns, uh, sorry, obviously, champion. Championship run scorer, England Test debut, captain sorry to the title. He's got it. Josh Butler's got it. We said he shouldn't be playing for England last summer. <laughs> uh, he's one of them. Pat Coley as well. Obviously, he was in town with his Indian uh, team last summer. He's got it. 
And also Tammy Beaumont hit the fastest T20 century by an England player in June, uh, 47 ball century, averaging 50 and nine ODIs in 2018 and back-to-back centuries against South Africa. They are the deserving five. Fair play to all of them. Yeah, excellent stuff. It is a it is a strange award to to give out. You know, like you've said, if you win it once, you can't be on this list again. So if if, if I, I don't know, I would prefer to just see the best player picks up the award overall. But you know, I am not well, one to it. change tradition. Well, yeah, absolutely. But what, can you imagine Lionel Messi or Lionel Messi winning the Ballon d'Or or whatever it is? You know, oh, you won it back in. Uh, 2012, mate. You're not allowed to win it again now. Yeah, that that, that yeah. means that Peter Crouch has won it. Let's just put that in perspective. <laughs> he deserves it. That's a, that's a star <laughs> of the podcast circuit these days. Anyway, wrapping up the wisdom cricket of the year, Rob, Virat Kohli, unsurprisingly, is the leading cricketer in the world, uh, while his compatriot Smriti Mandana is the world's leading women's cricketer. Um, Rashid Khan, one of our dearest, dearest cricketers. Um, we love him, don't we? We do. Um, he's, he's the leading T20 cricketer for the second year running. Um, I don't know how you can look past him. So that's well, well earned by him. So uh, that is the Wisdom Cricket of the Year, Rob. Good on you all. Um, but, you know, it does feel a little bit like a participation in some respects. Yeah, huge congrats to those guys. But the bigger news, Rich, huge news, mass- massive news. I feel like it needs its own intro. Go on. Luke Wood, uh, Luke Wood, Luke Wright has retired from Red Bull cricket. He has, he has. We are going to be calling these Red Bull retirements from now on. They are not signing white ball only contracts. They are Red Bull retirements and Luke Wright has done one. Um, he of Bottisford fame, isn't it? He is. Um, for those local to our region. Um, he's had a 15-year first-class career, Rob. 144 games 34-year-old now, he said he's basically just, he's, he's wrapping up the red ball. Uh, the door has not been closed, Jason Gillespie has told BBC Sussex. He's the Sussex coach these days. Um, his decision, delighted that he's going to be staying around and contributing. The guy is box office when it comes to T20 and white ball cricket. Um, so they'll be happy to keep him on. 34, it's amazing that he's 34, actually. I didn't realise mm. he was he'd quite got that age. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a sensible move, isn't it? He's a franchise player. He plays all around the world in a lot of different competitions. Um, he's obviously played for, you know, I suppose he would have had aspirations to continue playing for England, but just with the way the setup is, especially with the, uh, the you know, the ODI and T20, there's not really room for him at the moment. So uh, an interesting move, but I think it's uh, probably a sensible one just to prolong that career a little bit longer and earn a few more quid traveling around the world with his uh, with his bat and his white ball in his bag. Yeah, that's it. He's a, he's a T20 guy now. And why not? Why not play for three or four years, earn a few more dollars on the side? But great career, mate. He, he really has had a great career for a guy who has been stereotyped as a, a white ball cricketer. 50 one-day internationals for England, 50 T20 internationals for England, a double century in county cricket, 17 centuries in county cricket, mate. It's a, it's a hell of a record. His, his bowling wasn't quite good enough for the international arena to go with some, you know, an all-rounders kind of type of batting. So, great career. I also hold fame that I dropped him on about six against Bodisford, yeah, probably about 23 years ago now, and he almost broke my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was crying at square leg aged about 10 years old. So um, that is my claim to fame when it comes to Luke Wright. But great career, and it'll be good to see him just travel the world and earn a few more pennies, and maybe even if he's just concentrating on white ball, just have a little bit of resurgence before he uh, goes away for good. Yeah, fair play to him. Fair play. Um, Ross Taylor, Rob, let's move it across. Ross Taylor, the Kiwi batsman, he's coming back over to England this year. Obviously, he had a bit of a time with Knots last year, but he's going to join up at HQ with Middlesex um, for their one-day cup campaign, which starts very, very soon. Um, so, he's 35. 34-year-old to 35-year-old. I missed a link. Can't believe <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, so, he's the fourth county Taylor's going to be played. He's, I didn't realise, but he played at Durham and Sussex as well before Knots. So, uh, that's a heck of a signing. Um, but don't get too excited just yet, Rob. Oh, I won't. I'm, I know I'm how holding much, myself. I know how much you love your Kiwi cricketers. Yeah. So Ross Taylor's big news, yeah? yeah huge, yeah. huge news. Great signing. Huge one of the best one-day cricketers in the world the last three or four years. Exactly. But I think Worcestershire are trying to steal Middlesex of Thunder, and they have announced the New Zealand opener, Hamish Rutherford, as their overseas player for the first of this year. 16 test caps for the Black Cap, 171 on debut back in 2013 against England. He's going to be available in their first game, which comes up this week against Leicestershire, and then five matches in the one-day cup. Um, 
there you go. Wow. I, I don't to me. I don't know if this should be in the same conversation. <laughs> I really don't. Ross Taylor is world class. One of the best one, probably the second best one day international cricketer behind Virat Kohli the last three years in terms of production. Just coming off scoring a double century against Bangladesh. And Hamish Rutherford is coming off scoring 14 against Auckland down in Dunedin in a first-class game. Slightly different class of player. Now, Hamish Rutherford is a good first-class cricketer, Rich. But I would never put him in the uh, overseas professional. You want your overseas professional to be better than the, the crop of players that you've got at your county. Now, he has spent time at Essex in the past. But I just don't think he's that 35 average, 13 centuries in first-class cricket overall, Rich. I just, it's, it's a head-scratcher yeah. for me, but a great opportunity for Hamish Rutherford if he wants to put himself back in New Zealand black cat contention in the future. Yeah, it looks like he has been playing for Otago. Is it Otago? How do you pronounce these weird names? Otago. Is there a bro in there somewhere? <laughs> Otago <So>, bro. <laughs> Otago bro. Um, he's been playing with Ben Cox. Ben Cox is the, um, I believe he might even be the stand-in skipper for um, for Worcestershire. Yes, he is. He's the vice captain. He's the wicketkeeper. Big, big player, especially on T20 finals day last year. He played with him in New Zealand. So they've got a, a bit of a relationship. So all it takes, isn't it, is somebody playing with someone somewhere else and going, yeah. hey, what about Hamish? Yeah. Um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Uh, this time of the year, early season, it's probably quite difficult to really get that top, top talent uh, overseas player in. You've got World Cup coming up. You've got IPL running at the moment. You've got players wanting to have a little bit of a rest before the World Cup. So it's probably not that straightforward, I guess. So good on him. Yeah, welcome to England again, Hamish. Go and score some runs. And don't play football. Um, <laughs> it's not just random advice. Ben Twoig, Worcestershire's 21-year-old left-arm spinner, has just done his ACL after playing football. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? He's got to have surgery. He's going to miss the rest of the season. He won't get a chance to play with Hamish. What are you doing? Um, it just compounds a bit of an issue for Worcestershire at the moment. They've got some dramas going off off the field. We're not going to go into that. Um, but they uh, they also have Joe, uh, Joe Leach missing. Um, he's got a stress fracture his back, so he's going to be out until about June. So you've got Ben Cox skippering. You're missing Twoey. You, oh, come on, guys. Um, it's a disaster, that is. For, yeah, exactly. They've got to wait for Callum Ferguson to come back. He's the guy that's going to be replacing Rutherford when he clears off. Um, he obviously had a really successful year. So, obviously, they have got reinforcements coming. Uh, it's not the ideal start to the year for Worcester. I worry about guys playing football before they go and play a game of cricket. Because I can remember club cricket... I was playing football before one of the games, and I, I was never a good footballer. I was always a bit dirty. And I put a two-footed yeah. tackle into our opening batsman and hurt his neck, and he went and scored a duck, and he missed the next week because of what I did. And you've seen it before people turning... <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, you've seen people before turning ankles, getting injured. Now, it's, it's all good banter. It's all good fun. People really enjoy playing football, but questions have got to be asked, boys. You're about to go and play cricket. Is there something you can do that's going to give less of a chance of an injury for the rest of the season? It's uh, yeah, we don't want to go bubble wrap, do we? But uh, but yeah, let's uh, maybe a little bit of bowling, a bit of crown green bowling. You got a lovely cricket field; it's pristine, it's laser level generally. Just have a little bowl on it. You could there even you a little warm. You could even make a case for it. it's a warm up because you're getting your lunges in, and you're getting your arm coming through. Oh, you could go definitely, nuts definitely, and do it they? over on. And they like white coats as well, don't they? I think there's a lot of white going on in there you've got your kit ready for it but anyway i'm not quite sure this is the direction we need to be going in with this the direction we are going next though is with essex they didn't have the best start to the year we're going to go into that in a minute they've lost wicketkeeper adam weeter as well he's going to be out for about six weeks injured his thumb in the opener uh, he's going to have to have surgery batsman dan loris stood in for him um, and he, um but um yeah they had a teenager, I think, Will Butman, he stepped in. But what they've had to do is they've brought in Robbie White on a two-month loan deal from Middlesex's cover. Um, it's just a bit of a disappointing one, isn't it, really, for Adam Wheater? Disappointing one for Essex as well, who didn't... He Wheater wasn't able to bat in either innings yeah. um, in their, uh, their their opening game. So not an ideal start for Essex either. Um, but... You know, you won the championship a couple of years ago, so you can't have everything. Exactly. And you've got Alistair Cook, bro. Like, you, you'll be absolutely oh, fine. Sir. You've got Sir, sir Alistair, Alistair Cook. Cook to get, you. It, get it right, sir. Bow, bow when I say it. You've, you've, exactly. got, you've got a good team. You've got a great bowling attack. You'll be fine without some wheat in there. Go gluten-free, boys. 
<laughs> right, we're going to wrap up the news with a big bit of news in Warwickshire so country. We always have to mention our dear friend Chris Stoll as soon as we mention Warwickshire. He was probably running up and down his street um, in his pyjamas when he found this news. Jeetan Patel, he's signed a new contract. He's going to stay on until the end of next season now. He's 39 uh, in May. Apparently, he's won every domestic trophy with the Bears since he became their regular overseas player in 2012. How's that for a signing? Um, yeah, he's, he's delighted. Being a Bear and, uh, and part of this club is very special. I've been fortunate to be part of some fantastic teams and have won all trophies during my time. But this latest crop of players is equally hungry to deliver more silverware to our supporters. We spoke about what, what, uh, Warwickshire being a team with some young, talented players. So what better player uh, than someone like Jason Patel to try and guide these guys and help these guys grow over the next couple of years? It makes me happy we're playing at 40, mate, because we spoke about it previously in the uh, Division 1 preview podcast. 828 first-class wickets, mate. A season in England, a season in New Zealand, back to England. Could he hit 1,000 first-class wickets? We're on Jeton watch. Yes, we are. We need a little countdown. Can you do one on your phone like when you're going on holiday? You count down the days. Can we do one with wickets? We, we could do. We could do one for Jeton. I can just imagine if you did one for me and the target was five. <laughs> it would take a long time to get to five. It would be quite dull. Go on. Good Lord. So, so that's where we are in the world of the cricket at the moment. We are obviously today focusing on the English County Championship and the game of cricket in England. So we know there is some great cricket being played over in India at the moment. We want to get into that soon, but we're going to probably, it might be a week or so's time, Rob, before we can properly yep. look into it again. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting start to the year. We've, we've had not all counties start the season, Rob, oh. last week. Oh. We, have, we have had six counties just sitting around playing cards, Maybe a little bit of crown green bowling. We don't know. We don't know what they've been doing. But it's a little bit bizarre. And I think you got into it a little bit, didn't you, about the fact that we had the opening day of the season and it didn't really feel like it was, you know, there was. Selling your car on cars.com is so fast. It's like the dealer is in your own backyard. Get the best offer instantly. Confirm with the dealer and the money's yours. Cars.com is magical. Tap to sell on cars.com today. Selling your car on Cars.com is so easy. It's like the dealer is in your own backyard. It's all done in three simple steps. One, enter your car's details to get the best offer instantly. Two, confirm with a local dealer. And three, receive a check on the spot or use the value to trade in your car. Cars.com is magical. Click or tap to sell your car on Cars.com today. Much kind of ceremony or announcement around it, and you've still you've got counties sat around doing nothing. So I'll, I'll kind of defer to you for a moment with this one, Rob, before we look at what happened in Division 1. Right, thanks, mate. Right arm over, fast. Uh, yep, just a couple of steps back, on I'm just going off the long <laughs> run here, mate. Uh, oh. <laughs> this is, I find this bizarre. If you go to football, the first opening day of the season in football in England is massive. Every single team in the country is playing and everyone knows and everyone can't wait to watch it on TV. NFL, every single team is playing week one and it is massive pageantry and everyone is geared up for week one. And English cricket, the ECB, just absolute head scratches with 100 ball cricket and some of the things that they come out with. But one, giving no pomp to the day one of the county championship season and not enabling all the teams to start on the same day. So everyone in the country is all excited on the same day and going. It's absolutely ludicrous. It's a complete oversight and shows how much they really give a damn about four-day cricket. Yeah, it feels like they're just crowbarring in a little bit this year, doesn't it? Obviously, we've got two rounds. Then we've got the the, the 50-over competition that's also being crowbarred into a month. I mean, it's bizarre that we're going to have a, a final being played before the end of May. It doesn't even feel like cricket season's probably got underway before it gets to June. Yeah. Um, so it's a strange, strange start to the year. I don't really understand why these uh, everybody else hasn't played. Surrey, Warwickshire, uh, Glamorgan, Gloucestershire, Lancashire, Worcestershire. They've not played a game yet. They will, though, all start um, on Thursday. It's just a bit bizarre. I agree. Where's ECB? Where are they jumping up and down, shouting about it, doing something special to try and attract the attention of the cricketing public that the season has begun? It's 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 bizarre, mate. There should be some sort of thing where there's ECB running a live streaming service or there's publicity around, hey, these are all the live streams where you can watch every single team play. Counties are tweeting about it. Sky Sports yeah, News are involved and there's people at the grounds giving updates throughout the day on Sky Sports News. It should be huge. Any other sport in England is like that. 
bloody ice hockey in England, probably about the 20th most participated sport, all the teams start on the same bloody day. <laughs> it's not complicated, lads. Come on, let's sort it out. But who did start, Rob? Let's look at that. Um, Hampshire, they, they've got straight out of the blocks, Rob. Top of the table after one game. Can they maintain it? That's Ooh. the big question. That's what we're all asking. Well, no, I th- nobody's asking. I don't nobody's think that is that. the question, Rich. I think the question we're asking <sighs> when we talk about Hampshire is James Vince. How did he James get out? Was, was he caught he, he, at slip? <laughs> well, you're going to have to tell me that. He did get 40 before... No, I'll tell you this. LBW Bold Bapara is James <laughs> Vince watch. We're going to just keep an eye on potential England players when we get to the test side. The, the ODI squad's pretty much wrapped up, isn't it? We don't yep. need to worry about that. But when we are looking ahead, who might be some of the guys that are going to be playing for England again in the Ashes? So we will keep picking these out. Um, interestingly, Aidan Markham made his debut for Hampshire batting at three. Yeah. Uh, one of the premier premium batsmen, in opening batsmen in world cricket. And he sat at three and James Vince at what? At two. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, James. Um, but the big news for this one, Rob, Hampshire, big, big score, innings win, um, 525 for eight declared in the first innings. They won by an innings in 87 against Essex. Huge, huge yeah. win. Um, bit of a capitulation from Essex, really. 169 for Sam Northeast. He's a player we picked out for somebody that really does need to uh, to kind of you know, explain and show why he was such a big signing last year. And he did that. Riley Russo, 76, 63 for Markram. Love that guy. Um but for you know, it's, it was a difficult one, wasn't it? Really, it's for Essex. I, I, I don't know. They had four centurions, so but we are talking about their bowling. So maybe <laughs> so they're doing it all wrong, uh, mate. They're doing it all wrong. Exactly. But in response, we did have an Alistair Cook fifty in reply, but they were under haul out for one hundred and sixty four, and it was the Fidel Edwards show five and fifty one. The ex West Indian quick. He's still quick. He's still got live. Um, and he's still doing it. And they forced the follow on and it was 274 all out and game over. Um, Cook only got eight in the second innings. Ravi Bapara 107 and Simon Harmer 62. And it was Kyle Abbott, uh, Fidel Edwards. Uh, compact, I don't know. What do we what do we want to call him? The, the duo, isn't it? The the quick quick duo there for Hampshire. He got himself five for 77. I believe it was 17 out of the 18 wickets or something like that between the two of them. Um that was a pretty good showing. Yeah, hell, hell of a record. Great start for Hampshire, mate. I'm disappointed with Essex because in the preview, I've been going, Essex, Essex of the team, Dan Lawrence, Ravi Papar, Alistair Cook, Tom Wesley, they're all going to come good. And the batting just never got out the blocks. But what we did say, Rich, and we made a very good point, ex-Rochdale Ooh. footballer Keith Barker. Two wickets yep. in the first innings, one in the second. And we said how good Fidel Edwards and Kyle Abbott are at county cricket level, let alone international cricket level. And Liam Dawson thrown in as a spinner. They are a very, very good team. But I was so happy, so happy to see Sam Northeast batting in the middle order. I'm, I like the fact that sometimes guys fail at the top of the order in the career and they move down the order and they can still have a career. They're not pigeonholed as just being an opener. And 169 day one, mate. In April, in England, that's a hell of an achievement. It was good to see some big scores early on in the season. You don't always see that opening uh, opening couple of weeks of the season, depending on if you've got the green tops and it's balls wobbling around and all that sort of stuff. But we saw some pretty big scores, didn't we? And uh, let's, uh, you know, we'll get on to one of the ones. That, well, we're really excited, aren't we, Rob? As uh, Nottinghamshire <laughs> folks. Um, but let's before we get there, before we, we our excitement overflows, shall we just have a look at the Somerset Kent uh, game, which was played at Taunton as well? Now this game was a tight affair, and for most of the game, you could easily have suggested that Kent were going to get a win. Um, a really low-scoring game. But I'll just run through the scores: uh, 171 and 243 for Somerset, and 209 and 131 for Kent. So. This wasn't necessarily the one where we're seeing big scores. Um, Somerset got this win by 74 runs, Rob. Um, and it just, it was one of those where it was all about the fourth innings. It was, you know, it was just neck and neck. Maybe Kent were favourites. Maybe they were looking like they were going to get the result. And it was just a Somerset attack in the end. It was the, it was the lower order batsman to making sure that they actually got enough runs on the board. And then it was the bowlers to really go through and rattle through um, and, uh, and knock Kent over and, uh, you know, game over. 
So after the first day, there was no play. Uh, Somerset got 171, as I mentioned. No real big scores in this one. Tom Abel, the captain, 49. Uh, but what we do want to pick out is a player that we mentioned as somebody to look out for, an up-and-coming player, the ex-Newark. He played one game. Maybe it was under somebody else's name. We don't care. Uh, but the ex-Newark and ex-Nottinghamshire bowler, Matt Milnes, he got himself three for 40 on debut for Kent. Um, second innings, um, Kent, Kent's first innings, sorry. Again, really weird innings. There's no one really, really kind of dug in. Bizarrely, I've got to talk about this. Bizarrely, Daniel Beldrummond batted at five. Mm. That's not working for me. Hino yeah. Kuhn batted at six. Yeah, Kuhn this at is six is strange. Daniel Beldrummond did start to drop down the order last year towards the end after having a really ropey start. So I guess it's whatever you can do to get a game of cricket. Maybe it is, maybe it is, and it's, I don't know, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out, this is one game, it's certainly not dictating what's going to happen in every other game. Uh, Lewis Gregory, we'll talk about him in a minute, three for 26, he took. Um, second innings for Somerset, two, four, three, all out, this looked like this could be the game uh, here, that, you know, George Bartlett, 63, 35 not out for Jack Brooks at number 11 is key, that got them up to mm. a respectable total, it was 181 for nine, that's a frustrating uh, partnership. And that's what pretty much made the difference, isn't it? You know, wickets there for Mitch Clayton and Darren Stevens, the evergreen Darren Stevens. But it was that Kent fourth innings, uh, the fourth innings of the game, sorry, Kent second innings, 131 all out. And it was Lewis Gregory. Five for 18, Rob, off 13 overs. He's demolished them. Jack Brooks, two for 38 and two for uh, 23 for Craig Overton. Nothing to write home about with that uh, batting card, apart from a, a Darren Stevens 43, but a rear guard action there. Uh, but a, a bit of a surprise result, not what was expected after three days, I'd suggest. Now, if you're a Kent fan, you've got to be slightly worried as well, because last year, yes, you went up and yes, you did great. But you scored under 200 literally over half the innings that you played last year. It was a huge, huge amount. I don't have the exact number in, uh, with me, but they were carried by their bowlers, mate. So hopefully their bowlers can come good at the start of this season, the first few weeks of county cricket. But a loss here and not being able to knock off 206 will be so, so disappointing for this team. Yeah, absolutely. So Somerset, they're in second, sitting in second place, Rob, after the first game. They're on 19 points, Hampshire 24. And now we go to Knott's. Knott's. Just got ahead in this game. They finished, they've got 12 points out of it. Yorkshire on nine with a drawn game at Trent Bridge. It looked for the world as if Knotts were going to get a win. Um, 408 for Knotts in the first innings. This is what we're excited about, Rob. The glory, the gorgeous, the whatever you, superlative you want to put on this man. Joe Clark batting at 412. Yeah. I was watching some of the feed and this man can play a shot. He, the, the checked cover drive. Oh, beautiful. Thing of beauty, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, we uh, we're excited. Um, good, good all round performance from Knotts as well. Ben Slater as well. He's a player that's not getting the uh, getting the headlines, but he's somebody that's just quietly going about his business. The, the Derbyshire recruit for Nottinghamshire. Um, he's looking really good. Ben Ducky, he was forty three off uh, just the fifty one balls in the first innings. He looks fluid. He looks like he's going to be scoring a lot of runs, and uh, he's going to be getting the eye of the England selectors. So four hundred eight for Knotts, obviously the big score. Dwayne Olivier, the five for nine. Six mm. for the uh, the cold pack. Uh, no, is he a cold pack? I yeah, I suppose he is. He's cold he? pack. Yeah, um, yeah. And captain Stephen Patterson four for seventy eight. He always seems to take wickets against Knotts. Um, Yorkshire in response two nine one all out. A really good display from Knotts. Uh, Stuart Broad leading the attack three for fifty six and three for sixty four for Big Luke Fletcher. Sammy Patel he still takes wickets for three as well. Eighty one for Adam Live. Harry Brooks someone we're looking forward to seeing this year. He only got himself thirty. Joe Root seventy three. He looked in pretty good nick. Uh, before Patel got him. Um, and then he just bits and bobs down the order, isn't it? So it was then over to Knotts again, uh, declared on 429 for five. Uh, it was an overnight, so the end of day three, the innings closed. Uh, ben Duckett, 61 off 69 balls. He's not bothered about strike rate, is he? He's just nah. going for it. <laughs> He's not interested. Chris Nash, it was good to see. He got himself 75. But Joe Clark, 97, Rob, not out overnight. And he quite happily... Uh, went up to his captain that evening, apparently, to Steve Mullaney and said, if you need to declare overnight, that's fine by me. It Good tells me there's a healthy dressing room at Knotts. Uh, Mullaney himself got 52. So it was all down to that fourth innings. And it, I'll let you jump in in a sec, Robin, in a minute. But uh, it was going pretty well for Knotts. It was two down, nine, uh, 24 for two. Adam Live and Harry Brook both back in the hutch. After just 10 overs, uh, Jake Ball with both wickets, 
and then it was Gary Balance, and then it was Joe Root. Joe Root got one on the helmet. Brody got him with a bounce, <laughs> shook him up a bit. He got a bit of attention, uh, but he carried on. I think the, his ego was hit a little bit, so he dug in and he made sure that he was not going to be removed. And it ended just a two down, two hundred and seventy-seven for two, match drawn. Gary Balance hundred and one not out, and Joe Root hundred and thirty not out. So we've seen two hundred runs in the game for Joe Root. We've seen two hundred runs in the game for Joe Clark. Good signs for England and a pretty good game to get uh, Yorkshire and Knots underway. Yeah, big question mark going. Is that 200 runs apiece for England's middle order for the Ashes, Rich? I don't, I'm not quite sure. Well, but this, well, it could be. It, it could very well could be. The, 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 the kind of the man that's holding the chair at the moment. Holding the chair? What on earth did that phrase? <laughs> He's holding I, I the chair. <laughs> Joe Denley is holding the chair. <laughs> I, I think I've got that. Do you know where I've got that from? Go on. I might mention Philadelphia occasionally. If they want to uh, save a parking space outside of houses in Philadelphia, people put a chair out, like a deck chair and stuff, or a, or a garden chair. They just put it outside, and that's like them basically bagsy in their uh, their slot for parking. Mm. So I, that, I'm, I'm, I don't know where I said it from. Anyway, let's not worry. So Joe Denley's still Denley. holding the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Denley holding the chair at number three for England. I'm loving this phrase. Um, <laughs> He's got that place, but he's he's messing around with white balls at the moment. Um, he needs to get himself back sharpish. Get on mm. a plane. Get playing for Kent. Start scoring some runs at number three. Because I'm telling you, Joe Clark, uh, <laughs> he wants that place for the Ashes. He does. He definitely does. Um, Duckett and Slater look good opening the innings for Knots, mate. They they look genuine. I watched quite a bit of the feed, and I've been watching the highlights through the, the Knots channel and through the ECB. They just released a 20-minute video on this game as well. Uh, Duckett, unfortunate to get out. Chris Nash batting at three, he had a poor season last year, mate. Him coming good is a really, really big thing for this England team. One bowler I want to touch on who has gone under the radar, not had the best day, Ben Code. You know, we've spoken about Ben Code as potential England, potential England player in the future. None for yep. 96 in that first innings, mate. Not quite what you would expect from that man. No, no, but I think Knotts, it's a different batting lineup, isn't it? Some of these young blokes, you know, the way they were playing. Duckett was almost a chanceless innings in the first innings, especially. Um, and we just, you know, Knotts just looked good. Um, simple as that. I mean, it, it, it wasn't the, the easiest deck, I don't think, to bat on, but it wasn't the, the worst one either. And it, it had a little bit for the bowlers, but obviously it just died off a little bit during the game, didn't it? But he's usually someone that gets a, gets a little bit of luck and gets some wickets against Knotts. So it was actually quite nice. Selling your car on cars.com is so easy. It's like the dealer is in your own backyard. It's all done in three simple steps. One, enter your car's details to get the best offer instantly. Two, confirm with a local dealer. And three, receive a check on the spot or use the value to trade in your car. Cars.com. It's magical. Click or tap to sell your car on cars.com today. A car shopping experience meets an out-of-body experience. With 50,000 cars added daily and unbelievably smart matchmaking, the new Cars.com. It's magical. Uh, even though we are looking forward to seeing him develop as a player, it was quite nice to see him not do too well against Knotts for once. Yeah. You know, you know one thing that's popped out to me looking at it? Umpires. Um, yes. Umpire. So when we were chatting to David Hussey, I'm just dropping that in there, the podcast available through all platforms. Make sure you go check it out, as fluent yeah, as you like. Ha- yeah, if you haven't listened to that, go and listen to it. We had David Hussey on, legend, absolute yeah. county legend, Aussie legend. Go and listen to it. And one thing he said was he was amazed at some of the guys they had in that dressing room, but none more than Russell Warren and his ability to play fast bowling under pressure and have so much time. Well, guess who was umpiring and who is on the circuit? Russell Warren was umpiring at Trent Bridge. Boom, bringing in the stats. Love, Love that. I did not see that. That's a great bit of uh, great bit of work there, Rob. Yeah. Um, isn't that good as well? Just we don't won't go too far down this road, but isn't it great to see ex-professionals umpiring? I love um, it. You, you have the yeah, you have the criticism of football, especially where you don't have anyone that's played. Uh, my argument usually is when a, a referee's been a pain in the backside for an hour or so, is uh, he just looks like the sort of bloke that got picked last at football at school, and that's why he's <laughs> a referee, isn't he? He's just trying to spoil it for the rest of us now. Yeah, get his own back. Get the ex-professionals in. Get them refereeing games, uh, umpiring in cricket. It works, doesn't it? They understand the game. They understand mm. the temperaments and the, 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 the flashpoints in games and the, the little niggles and the, all those sort of things. And 
they understand how to deal with things and it's just it makes so much more sense so that's great and yeah great spot there Rob great spot but good performance good good four days cricket we had some people tweeting us on leading edge pod that's our twitter account feel free to go check it out saying how good joe clark was how good a day's cricket has been at trent bridge and ah, trent bridge is a perfect venue for two huge block well, it's a huge blockbuster game but two huge blockbuster names root versus broad mate superb performance what does that mean for the table after week one rich Oh, so yeah, we're, um, well, Warwickshire and Surrey are bottom on zero. No, I joke. Um, it's, it's Hampshire <laughs> at the top. They're on 24, I'd say, in Somerset 19, not third in 12 uh, points. Yorkshire are uh, fourth on nine. And then you've got Kent and Essex, five and six, with four and one points, respectively. Um, yeah, Surrey and Warwickshire. Warwickshire, bottom of the league after one game, one week, uh, Chris. I know you're out there. Kind of suck it up, buddy. Bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's bottom, mate. I, I, I'm not getting back into the fact that they've not played. Let's just let's just part that and go and have <laughs> a look at bottom. They are bottom. Let's go and have a look at County Championship Division Two, mate. Absolutely, and we're going to start at the top. A, a slight, maybe a little unlikely team at the top of the table after week. Well, after half week one, <laughs> after half round week one, <laughs> it's not even half. Poor old Glamorgan. Oh, it's ridiculous. Well, six six out of ten. Oh, six out of ten. Good match. Six out of ten, ain't bad. So, Leicestershire, they are the team that are at the top, Rob. And they got a really, really good result. A seven-wicket win over Sussex at, uh, well, it says at Brighton, but I'm sure that's Hove, isn't it? Yeah. Um, first innings for Sussex wasn't what they wanted. 173 all out. Uh, 51 for David Weisser. Um, and uh, not the start for Philip Salt at the top of the order. He's somebody that was getting a bit of traction at the end of last season. So, he got a uh, he got an opening opening game duck, so... Not what he wanted. Tom Taylor, six for 47. He had a huge game. Ten wickets in the game for him, uh, I believe. And I'm sure I'll get to that in a moment. Um, as I scramble through my notes. Yes, he did. Ten, Ten for 122. Ten for 122. Yeah, absolutely. So he's done pretty well. Uh, Leicestershire's first innings again. 252 all out. Not exactly what they wanted, but it wasn't bad. 67 for Wikikeeper Hill. 40 for Dearden. Uh, Tom Taylor, 33. Good all-round game for him. But didn't really get it from the batsman. So it was quite... Or quite a balanced game there. So increasing scores as we go through the game. Sussex got a 308, so it put him in a pretty good position. Salt did get himself some runs with an 80. Luke Wells, 48. Um, Finch, 48. It was an all right sort of score. They had the likes of um, Chris Jordan, Ollie Robinson, Danny Briggs, Mir Hamza playing from. So it's a pretty good team there for Sussex. Uh, four wickets for Taylor to get his 10 for. And Colin Ackerman, 5'4", 69. Wow. Shot. Short leg catches from Hassan Azad, the ex. I believe he played for Knots Twos. Um, somehow follows me on Twitter, and I think oh, he has done for quite some oh, time. Friends. That man knows what he's talking about. He must like Philadelphia Eagles or talking nonsense about most things. Um, he got himself 59. Well played, sir. And also Paul Horn, uh, captain 61. Um, 53 for Mark Cosgrove. He's still going, Rob. He's never ending. No, Cosgrove, he's um, <laughs> still a unit. Not talking about his waistline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you've done there. I see, see what you've done there. Yeah, so this game, yeah, it was just a cruise in the end for Leicestershire. So fair play to them. They've had a bit of a struggle, haven't they, of late, as of Derbyshire. But Leicestershire, get up and running with a great, great win. Um, congrats to them. Bit of a surprise for Sussex. One thing I really like when I look at this scorecard, it's, it's yes. a good cricket scorecard. People have had to bat well for the runs and bowlers have got rewarded. Whenever you see teams of scoring 250, 300, that to me reeks of a, a decent wicket and two quite evenly matched teams. Leicestershire, predominantly one of the worst teams in county cricket. I quite like their lineup this year and the fact that they've gone mm-hmm. and knocked off 230 in April, mate, they will be absolutely ecstatic. We put it in comparison to what Kent did, where they couldn't go on and couldn't knock off 200 and were bowled out for 130 completely worlds apart and Colin Ackerman mate he's he's as good a player as there is in that league with the bat and the fact that he's just gone and stolen five wickets with the ball is an absolute treat exactly exactly some short leg sharpness going on there as well so yeah delighted for Leicestershire um, it, it's been a tough old run for them hasn't it they, they, you know they, they seem to have signed well in the last couple of years um it's nice to see that they've opened open it up, and it's lovely to see Leicestershire top of the league. Second place, Rob, 
the next game will look at Derbyshire. They got themselves a big win as well. Second in the table is Derbyshire. Wow. This is not the table we are used to. They got a win at home in Derby. Um, very convincing one. Um, 197. Uh, weird first innings, actually. Hussein um, got himself 78 before he was run out in the first innings. He's the only real person that got any runs in that innings. And he batted a long, long time. Um, Harvey Hussein. Um it was. This is a bit of a strange game. I can't. I'm not quite, I'm struggling to get around it a little bit. So, yeah. Durham. Let's just mention this first. Durham. Cam Bancroft is missing the first game. I think Durham are a little bit. Um, I'm going to say annoyed. I'm going to use the polite word. I was annoyed <laughs> about this. I think he had to stay. For, I think Western Australia wanted him to stay for a dinner or something. That oh was wow. To Durham. Durham's coach. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I can't remember. I think it was James Franklin, maybe or. Uh, or Marcus North, one of them was just saying they didn't seem particularly impressed. So anyway, so they're missing him. So that's a huge, huge miss. So I'm sure they will have him back next game, I believe. So that will make a difference. But but yeah, in this one, so Derbyshire, 197. Ben Rain, Whale, Wickets, not much going on. Durham, they're struggling again, 171. A bit of a disappointing card when you look through that. Alex Lees was captain in this game, the ex-Yorkshire um, batsman. Um and then second is 334 for Derbyshire. Matt Critchley, he's an exciting player. He got himself 50. Hussein again, 62. He's made a great start to the year. It's Lace, 61. Um, and wickets, you know, shared around. Nothing dramatic. And then Durham's final innings, a good opening partnership, um, putting on 83, 69 and 59, respectively, for Hart and Lees. But that was all they could offer. And it was a bit of a cruise for Derbyshire. So I don't think they're going to have many easier games than this. Um, good on them. But Durham, that is a worrying position, in my opinion, for Durham to be in. Um, they do not look strong at all. They're going to have to wait, you know, get some players to uh, to really step up and help. Yeah, I looked through this t- Durham team and they haven't got many names that kind of jump out and you go, wow, great player, well, great player. Now, they have guys like Will Smith, been around, scored a lot of runs. He didn't have a great game. Chris Rushworth leading that bowling attack. They really need things that are special from him. One for 47 for that man and two for 28. So not bad not really taking the ball by the horn. So I am slightly worried that their tenure in Division 2 is going to be around. But all the plaudits should just be thrown at at Derbyshire here. Because, again, Derbyshire, Leicestershire, two perennial Division 2 teams. Terrible year-on-year, unfortunately. But they have started to piece together a half-decent team here. You know, let's talk through it. Billy Goldelman at the top. I think he was ex-Middlesex player. Really good player. Marsden scored plenty of runs last year. Went and played in the PSL this year, did he, Rich? Ah, good question. He was certainly somewhere, wasn't he? I remember talking about it. Yep, he was He was in and around. Harvey Hussain, great start to this young man to go and get a mm. load of runs. Um, Derbyshire-born, local lad, so he'll be really, really full of beans playing for this county. And Ravi Rampal with the ball as well. He's he's he just keeps going, mate. Duracell bunny, that man. He is, but five wickets in the game, going at not many and over. I I don't think the ceiling's massively high for this Derbyshire team compared to what I think potentially the Leicestershire output might be. But to go and get wins like this, it's it's a great effort, and they are going to need them to try and stay around the middle of that table. Absolutely. And as for Durham, Cam Bancroft, that's going to make all the difference. Obviously, a controversial appointment for him coming in as captain for the uh, Chesterley Street County this year. But um, yeah, they, they need they need some help. They need some help. They've got Alex Lees. I think he's going to do pretty well for them. Uh, Chris Rushworth, Nathan Rimmington, they're going to rely on them heaps with the ball. They need to see Mark Wood. Heaps, mate. They need to see Mark Wood. They need to see him come and contribute. They need some games out of Ben Stokes this year. They need to get on track. They need to get that population up there, getting back into their cricket after what's been a really, really difficult few years because of financial issues and relegation and losing, basically, hemorrhaging, I think is the right word, all their players. They have. But I am staying on umpire watch, Rich. And I'm throwing, oh, wow. I'm throwing. Can we have a jingle for you? For this? <laughs> yeah, umpire watch. Um, <laughs> he's the young man watches umpires. Not weird at all. Tim Robinson, <laughs> ex England. Robbo. Robbo. Chop. Ex England. Ex Nottinghamshire legend. Now sixty years old. He is still on the circuit, mate, and going strong. Great effort. Love it. Great, love great it. Love effort. it. I, I'm, I hope you are all appreciating the uh, the basically the random. Checking out of ex Nottinghamshire cricketers who are now umpires. So, you know, you can't get this anywhere else. The other umpire at the other end, mate, Billy Taylor. <laughs> Billy Taylor. I don't know if you can remember him, but he played for Hampshire, Sussex, and Wiltshire thrown into the middle, predominantly at Hampshire. I can remember him playing. 
136 first-class wickets, 182 list A wickets, retired in 2009, now on the circuit. Love it. We are the choice, the podcast choice of the umpire. It we has are to be said. big umpires fan. Love the umpires. <laughs> well, let's get this wrapped up and let's see if Rob can find any more umpires in this game. <laughs> we have Northamptonshire uh, hosting Middlesex, match drawn, um, big scoring game um, in some respects. And uh, this game ended with Owen Morgan opening the bowling for Middlesex. I think that tells you Whoa. everything you need to know about this, Matt, this game. Um, it started with the brilliantly named Ricardo Vascon, Vasconcelos opening the batting with 38. He was a he came over a year or so ago. He's a, one of those with a EU passport. Okay. Um, he, oh, EU passport. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> EU, yeah, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> I'll keep moving on now. Um, he's he's moved up to the uh, top of the order now, and he's it's going to be one to watch for Northampton this year. Alex Wakeley, he keeps churning the runs out. He got 76. He's their captain at three. Um, Rossington, the keeper, 67. 81 down, uh, down a little bit further for Proctor. Put on 4-4-5 all out. Really good going from Northamptonshire. Six for 80. Tim Murtagh has hit his straps early this season. And here's a name for you, Rob. 319. That's not his name. Stephen Finn. He's back. Wow. Wow. Stephen Finn. This Middlesex yeah. bowling lineup, mate, is legit. Tim Murtagh, Toby Rowland-Jones... Toby Rowland Jones, ex England. Tim Murta, Ireland. Yes. Uh, James Harris, ex Glamorgan, great player. Stephen Finn, yeah. when he's not knocking down the stumps at his own end, great intimidating bowler. Yeah, and James Harris, if you remember last year, I forget where he was now. He's come across to Middlesex, hasn't he? Um, I'm not sure. Was it Hampshire or somewhere? I'll, I will, I'm sure we can find out. But he um, he was absolutely flying out of the traps. He was one of the leading wicket takers over the first few weeks last season. So, heck of a signer. But yeah, that's a real solid four, isn't it? Um, in response to Middlesex with the bat, bit of a disappointing one at the top of the order. Uh, Sam Robson, 26. Nick Gummins, 22. Both of those guys will be hoping to churn some runs out. So, that's not what they would have wanted. Uh, getting into this one. Um, Wicket-wise, five for 54 for Nathan Book. And then Middlesex second innings, a huge knock. 106 not out for captain Dawid Milan. He's not given up hope of playing for England again. And with a score like that, he will certainly be impressing. Ed Smith, I believe, was in attendance and watching this inning. So that probably means he'll be playing for England again um, <laughs> after one knock. Uh, Nathan Book again, three for 53. It was one of those where everybody started having a bowl um, and then, like I say, Owen Morgan and Steve Eskenazi opened the bowl in for Middlesex whilst that one just meandered to a draw. Not bad performance by you and Morgan, though. Three overs, one maiden, none for four. You know, there might be a... You take it. Yeah, with his batting diminishing maybe in the future, he might become an England international all-rounder. Just watch this well, space. Watch this space. Um, break, breaking it down then, Rich. Luke Wood on Knott's watch. Luke Wood was involved in this game. He's on loan over mm -hmm. there. He got 29 with he the is. bat. Also, for Northamptonshire, we should say. For Northamptonshire. Two for 53 with the ball uh, and none for 48. So not a bad performance, but it's great that the lad is going out there getting cricket. We've touched on the Middlesex bowling attack. I genuinely think this is one of the better bowling attacks that you're going to see in that league. But Northamptonshire to go and score 400 is a, a great, great effort. Disappointed with Middlesex's yeah. batting as well in that first innings. I know it petered out to a draw because they batted well second innings. But that first innings, when you look at this team, you break it down going, you've got Sam Robson, ex-England, scored 100 in the Ashes. Nick Gubbins, England Ashes watch. David Milan likes nicking off, but England-ish. Ewan Morgan, <laughs> England one-day international captain. And they've got batting down the, the order. Roland Jones can bat, Harris can bat, Simpson can bat. Stephen Fink can have a little bit of a swing of the bat. It's a mm. really, really strong team. So for them to just come away with a draw first game, I think they might be slightly disappointed, but the fact that they scored 317 in the second innings kind of puts them in a nice position to go, oh, OK, now our season's up and running. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you will be hoping for more out of that top order. Dawid uh, Milan has obviously got off pretty well, hasn't he, to start with? But you're going to have to need, you're going to have to need, you, we need to see Nick Gubbins as well as Eskenazi to score runs if they really want to go somewhere. But that bowling attack really does look good. They've still got Tom Helm to come back in as well. Just touching on North Ants as well, this was the first game for Jason Holder, the premier, premier uh, all-rounder in world cricket at the moment. Uh, West Indian captain, he was playing for Northamptonshire. He's there helping out in the early weeks of summer before Temba Bavuma comes across to be the overseas pro. Um, just touching on Northamptonshire as well, Rob, they've got um, Blessing Muzurabani uh, playing for them, Zimbabwe, and he's come across. He's basically decided he wants to give it a go in English cricket. He's not going to be an overseas player. 
So that's a huge sign. He's only 21 years old. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, and I'm, you know, it's exciting sort of signing. It's a little bit left field, isn't it? But they're trying something different here. I like that. Luke Wood, as you said, he's come across just to play the first two games of the season on loan. Not to have a little bit of an embarrassment of riches at the moment. Uh, you know, squad-wise, it's a big squad. Uh, Mark Footit also, he's stepped out, hasn't he? I think it's Lancashire, is it? He's gone on loan. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they'll, he'll obviously be hoping to uh, be selected tomorrow as they uh, as they get underway. Um, let's have a look against Rob. Who are they playing? They are playing at Lords. They're playing Middlesex. Ooh, big game. Before we get stuck mm. into uh, Division Two table and looking yep. forward to this week's games. Umpire watch. I've done it again. I'm pulling them out <laughs> left, right and centre. Former Lincolnshire, Nottinghamshire, Worcestershire opening batsman, what? 50 years old. Nottinghamshire Premier League heavy, heavy run scorer announced his retirement in 2002. Paul Pollard. Oh, PP. PP. Was lefty, wasn't he? He Heck was. A player. He was. Hell of a player. Scored heaps of runs for, for Nottinghamshire when he played there. There was Pollard at the top of the order you had. Bicknell there, you had Galley in there. Over that kind of course of about six, seven years, they, they were they were a great team then, mate. Hey, there were some good players, weren't there? It does seem like most umpires are ex-nots. What's going on? It does. Well, just keeping it, yeah, keeping it real, bro. I think that's what they're doing. They're we, just <laughs> good on them. You know, if I was an ex-player yeah. and played professionally, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll go and umpire and potentially travel the world one day just umpiring cricket. Be, what a wonderful hey. job. It's not the worst job in the world, is it? Absolutely not the worst job in the world at all, Rob. So um, just touch on Division 2 then, just get everyone up to date with where we are. So obviously last year, Warwickshire and Kent were the two teams that got promoted. Uh, Lancashire and Worcestershire both dropped down. So they are the new boys in this county. Um, just obviously we'll, we'll look at the table. Shall we look at it now, Rob? We have, as we said, Leicestershire, top of the table, 21. Derbyshire second on 19. North Atlantic with 12. And Middlesex, 9. Durham, Sussex, three points apiece. So... What have you got? Have you got anybody that you just want to look at for a moment, Rob, and just say, do you know what? That's the team. They're the team. Because I think there's well, there's three teams to come up, and I think there are three teams that are over and above and obvious as the ones that are going to be favourites to get promoted. Yeah, what I, do you reckon? I'm going to tip my hat towards Middlesex, mate. I think their their bowling attack at this level of cricket is going to be too good come the end of the season. I think they will be 100% there towards the end of the season. Middlesex, definitely got to agree. I think Lancashire, you can't look past them uh, this year as well. I think that they're going to, they're just going to be too strong. They've just got all-round solid team. You've got the likes of Joe Burns, the Aussie um, overseas player. Keaton Jennings is going to be scoring a lot of runs. Saki Mahmood, we're excited about him as a young up-and-coming bowler. Alex Davies, that exciting talent at the top of the order. Richard Gleeson, if anyone remembers, yeah. we did a little thing on him a while ago. He was Northamptonshire, but before that, he was minor counties. Never give up, kids. You've always got a chance. Um, he's playing for Lancashire now as well. Hasib Hamid scored a massive score in the warm-up game uh, he played this week. Warm-up game against uh, one of the um, universities. Finally! 200 and something, was it? It was like more runs than he scored in the last two years. Um, <laughs> fact. Absolute fact. to see. He could potentially put himself on Ash's watch. He could. It's, it's incredible. But they've got a hell of a squad, and Lancashire and Middlesex have got to be going up. I cannot believe that yeah. either of those two teams are going to miss out. And then as a third team, what would you say? I mean, I would have said Worcestershire, but obviously they've had a couple of little um, stumbles, let's say, as this before the season starts. But I'm, then Sussex, I suppose, as well. But I'm going you know, Leicestershire, mate. I really, really Whoa. like this Leicestershire team. And for the first time in probably since I've been born, I'm going to put some faith in this Leicestershire team. Really? Okay. Do you know why? I shouldn't say a surprise. I love that. I absolutely love it. They're going to have Mohamed Abbas coming over. That's awesome. They've also got as an up-and-coming player, people, they've got Ben Mike. Can you remember? We're talking random knots here. We're talking about Paul Pollard's this world and Russell Warren. Oh, yeah. What about Greg? Greg Mike. Greg Mike, yeah. Ex-Knots player from back in the day. His son, Ben Mike, is playing. He's somebody to keep an eye on. Leicestershire have lost some players this year, uh, but they've brought in Chris Wright from Warwickshire, Aaron Lilly from Lancashire. They'll be a decent side this year, won't they? Um, Paul Horton is captain. Um, I just, I think Worcestershire though, Rob. I think if Joe Leach, when he gets fit, you've got Callum Ferguson coming across soon after Hamish, the era of Hamish ends. Um, <laughs> you've got Ricky Vessels. It was basically a swap deal between Ricky Vessels and Joe Clark. Um, Ricky Vessels has come across from Knotts. Wayne Parnell, he's retired now from South African cricket, so he's Great come across man. and playing yeah. on a Colbert deal. They've still got Daryl Mitchell. They've got Ed Barnard, the, the all-rounder. Ben Cox, really, really talented uh, wiki-keeper batsman. This is a decent setup. Daryl Mitchell's still there. 
they're just yeah. I mean, it's a, it could be a bit of a challenge. You've got to replace the runs from Joe Clark, but they're going to be up there, surely, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they will be. They will be. They, they, I think what it comes down to, it it comes down to winning games of cricket at the end of the day, doesn't it? And how many can you? It sounds stupid, but how many can you win? Because so many times in county cricket, you will get games where you get rolled for 100, where you're batting on a grey sky in England on a grey wicket in April. It's going to happen. So if we look at Knotts last year, rolling back to Knotts, they stayed up because they won four games in the first six weeks of the county championship season, but didn't win for the rest of the season because their bowling attack was so good. So if you're a bowling-heavy team, you've got to win early season because it's going to be hard graft later on in the season. If you're a batting-heavy team, you've got to cash in when the, when the pitches are a little bit flatter towards the back end of the year. Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. Another team we mentioned might be up there at the end of the year, Sussex. I, I do like them, but they've got to get their players. They've got to get everyone together, haven't they? They've got to get availability of the likes of Jordan, Joffre, Archer, etc., etc. Luke Wright will be one that they're going to struggle to replace, I think, as well. But with Salt at the top of the order, they've got a chance. A couple of young bowlers to watch out for, Harry Finch and Ollie Robinson. Definitely worth looking at. Um, I feel like we've just in, in the meandering chat we've had, we've gone through pretty much everyone. We've not done a proper preview of all the teams of Division Two, um, but let's. But I think we've nearly done it. So there's only two more teams, Robert. Glamorgan and Gloucestershire will kick off this week. Glamorgan are hosting Northamptonshire, whilst Gloucestershire are hosting second in the table, Derbyshire. We will keep saying that whilst they're up at the top. So <laughs> I think it was just. Let's give everyone a mention. Let's just quickly rattle through those two teams that we haven't mentioned. And Glamorgan, Matthew Maynard, he's, he's uh, the, uh, the head coach, if you like. Chris Cook, the captain. Sean Marsh is the Australian. He's their overseas player. And Billy Root got himself 100 uh, in his uh, in, in the warm-up game as well. Anarin Donald, they've missed. He's gone over to Hampshire. Um, they've also signed a guy called Charlie Hemphrey from Queensland Bulls. This is a weird one. 30-year-old Englishman. He's yeah. driving for um, it's just a bit of a strange, intriguing signing, but I like it when people are thinking outside the box a little bit about where to go and find the next uh, next play. You can't always just go to the big counties, can you? So Glamorgan could be another tough year after a shocker last year. Um, any thoughts on uh, on those with you, Rob? Um, I think if you've got Matthew Maynard at the at the helm, you're, you're in pretty good ship in English cricket. One thing I learned about Matthew Maynard, mate, and you might not know this, was he was... Head coach of the Titans franchise in South Africa. Was he now? He was. This winter? uh, No, a few years ago. And we've done a podcast with former South African under-19 captain Francois de Clou, who got his first ever first-class cap from a phone call from Matthew Maynard. Hey, there we go. Linkage all around. I love it. And when are we getting that uh, that interview out, Rob? Because that's that's going to be a great one. That'll be out in the next few days. Excellent, excellent. Linking in beautifully, before we talk about Gloucestershire very briefly, but linking in beautifully with a fantastic article um, that uh, that's just been supplied about South Africa and just making some predictions about their squad that's, uh, that's live on the website as we speak. It is. Tim Dale Lace has, has banged it out, sent it over, and we've meanderthawed our way through it, and we've put it on the website now. So, guys, go check it out, www.leadingedgecricket.com. You'll find it, bang, first article that you see on that website it's, it's ex- exciting times um, and great to have a South African point of view going on the website. Right, absolutely. From Tim, we really appreciate him putting it out there. It's at Tim32 underscore cricket. Uh, that's the man that's put that article on there. So go and have a look and we will get that Francois Leclou um, interview out soon. He played for everyone. He, he played with everyone, didn't he? He, did. uh, he was over in, He was over playing professional club cricket in our local region at the same time as a certain Francois Duplessis was playing locally as well. So great, great stories that, that you had there um, that we can put out soon. Um, wait for that one. Um, just very quickly then, Gloucestershire, we cannot, we can't just leave it without mentioning one county. I think that would just be wrong. Um, <laughs> they've got Chris Dent as captain. Richard Dawson's the coach. I remember him. I'm sure he toured with England in 2001 or 2003 or whatever it was in India or Sri Lanka somewhere. Um, they've got Dan Worrell back over. He got injured last year, so he was looking pretty good before he got injured. So that's good to have him back. It's going to be a tough one. They've got the likes of Michael Klinger, James Bracey, Miles Hammond. James Bracey is an up-and-coming keeper batsman. I think they may struggle again, a bit like Glamorgan. They're going to have a tough old ride of it. But uh, but we may, wanted to make sure we definitely, definitely did mention these guys. Yeah, and, you know, they're going up against Derbyshire in week two, mate. What, what, one thing, I'm just going to roll back saying that Glamorgan have lost their last five games to Northamptonshire, so I know where I'm picking my team for this week. <laughs> Gloucestershire, Derbyshire. I think that... Oh, 
I'm 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 going to go Derbyshire in this one, mate. I just I've just got a feeling. I feel like Derbyshire started off okay to the start of this season, and playing a game, getting a game in before Gloucestershire do, I think is a big advantage, and I think we're going to see a Derbyshire win. Absolutely. So just rallying through the fixtures, then the most well, they're all starting tomorrow. We've got the James Vince Watch led Hampshire are playing a host to Yorkshire. Knotts have got Somerset at Trent Bridge. Surrey open their season against Essex. Big, big game for Essex already at this time of the year. And Warwickshire kick things off at home against Kent. Division two, we have Durham hosting Sussex, Glamorgan hosting North Ant, Gloucestershire against second place Derbyshire. And first place Leicestershire are hosting Worcestershire at Grace Road, whilst Lords and Middlesex will host Lancashire. How the mighty have fallen, Lancashire. That is is a biggie for those two to be playing against each other. Um, Interestingly enough, the last five games they've played, mate, three draws thrown into the mixer. But I I actually don't know. I don't know where I'm going to put my money on that because they're the two, for me, the two big teams in the division. And it's going to be quite, quite interesting. But don't you feel, don't you feel, this feels like week one almost because everyone seems to be playing. There's games going on all across the country. All the England prospects and England players are all playing. That's exactly how week one of the championship should bloody be. It should be. You're absolutely right, Rob. I don't know why they didn't do it, but what do we know? Hey, you know, ECB, they, they're making good decisions left, right and centre. So we can't question anything, <laughs> anything at all that they do at the moment. Oh, good decisions. We are in safe hands, cricketing public. Enjoy the summer, I would say, <laughs> because next year, God knows what we're going to have. Exactly. So. But it, to me, it's huge. It's huge that so many games are going on. So many big games as well, Rich. And we'll be back this time next week to review exactly what's gone on in week two as well. Yeah, and with a bit of luck, we might have a guest. We may well have a guest. But guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've appreciated the podcast getting out there. Make sure you check out the brand new website, www.leadingedgecricket.com. There's podcast gaming, all the articles from our writers. We're setting up blogs at the moment for players who are playing this year to be able to blog about their season, chairmans and all that sort of jazz. There's, there's so much going on. Anything else from yourself today, Rich? I'm good. I'm just uh, just looking forward to a bit more cricket tomorrow, a bit more sneaking onto uh, Cricket Info whilst I'm supposed to be working. And uh, me waking up at two o'clock in the morning with the baby and watching it a little bit. Yay! Can't wait! <laughs> <laughs> All good. Excellent. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Till next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.